0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the hoop ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Thursday, October third, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I'm joined by one of the sharks in the NBA DFS world, my partner in crime here, Mr. Michael Apatria.
1: How are you today, Mike? I'm doing good, man. I mean, we're we're here. We're a day away. Uh, you know, it's going to be at uh 1 a.m. the first the first showdown slate. Um, uh, just a little teaser for it now. We're going to be uh, doing a small little podcast for that site, so you know, tune in, guys, for that as well. Tune into this one, but. I'm fired up man I'm ready to jump in this head first win some money i, I know
0: i mean it, it was nuts just to get on there and see the pricing on on uh you know a couple of the the sites that are that are doing preseason and it's just like wow we're here dude this is it but uh yeah it's it's great we're we're on the doorstep but uh you know and i know we we announced a, a little bit of it on on last week's show and uh you know but for those that that hadn't uh, heard or for the official uh, announcement, you know, we are going daily. We're going to be on seven days a week. And so, you know, free content uh, that is going to be presented by our main sponsor fantasy draft. So really excited and thankful that fantasy draft is coming to the table and a lot of the, uh, work also by hoop ball, you know, hoop ball, uh, is, is our, uh, bread and butter, uh, you know, Dan Bespris and, and Brewski and the team there. So we're thankful to, to both that are helping us bring all of this forward. And we're just looking forward to, to making everybody a bunch of money and, and, uh, getting it done. So, you know, we'll start right off, uh, quickly with our sponsor here with fantasy draft. You know, they are the only, rake-free fantasy site uh, that's out there. They have really uh, opened up a whole new world for DFS players with this rake-free uh, option now that everybody has, which saves an incredible amount of money and, and it allows you to, to keep a counter and see what you're saving in rake. And I know from my own standpoint, I just cannot believe how much I've been burning in rake up until now. So That's awesome. And they have uh, their big NFL Hooters contest again this coming Sunday. So make sure, you know, if you're going to sign up, get on fantasydraft.com, put in the promo code Hoopball, all one word, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and that gives you seven-day free membership up to $1,000 in wagers and uh, the big question that we haven't talked about is how did you do in the NFL? I know you've been
1: raking so far. I got owned last week, Coach. I oh not... <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, you know, I played smart though. I didn't do too much. Like I said, I'm, I, you got to manage your bankroll. It's the number one most important thing uh, in DFS. So that way, you know, you don't you don't just get over your head, uh, blow your wad, and you know, be depositing the next week. We want to deposit once a year. That is our there goal. You, go. uh, yep. you know, kind of set yourself that limit, I guess you could say. But, you know, and, and manage it. Even if it comes down to you having to play quarter arcades, just manage your money the best you could. Uh, that's the best advice I can give somebody heading into the year. Um, except for, of course, you know, these, these first couple days when you go in there. That, I guess I go a little bit overboard on that. I, I dive into the, the deep pockets for a little bit on the opening night, just because that's a that's a night that we can take advantage of.
0: Well, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. I mean, this this three weeks of preseason and then, you know, the first uh, two, three, four weeks of the regular season is just, you know, for s- several years in a row now, both of us have done extremely well. And again, it's, you know, use people are getting used to the pricing. The sites are trying to set the pricing, you know, to get everything uh, in line. And it, you can really take advantage of that. Like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, it, you know, uh, some with uh, – on that, that later pod just right out off the bat. It's just – it's so different at the beginning, and, and there's so much advantage. And, you know, we're really going to gear the show from everybody that, you know, for uh, beginning DFS players that are just going to play those quarter arcade uh, games to the big sharks that are 150 backs entering. You know, our goal is to provide all of the information – uh, as in-depth as we possibly can that's going to give everybody an edge going forward and, and make our, our daily show uh, a must-listen. You know, the other, the other cool thing, Mike, and, and, you know, we've talked a lot about this in, in uh, launching the show is, and, and uh, Dan and I talked about it on Fantasy NBA uh, today uh, as well, is, you know, we're going to do these uh, broadcasts in the evening, you know, after the games and everything prior to the next day. So you're going to be able to tune in on your, you know, way to work or any time throughout the day, lunch break, whatever, and get all of the information uh, for that card that evening. So you're not having to wait and go a million miles an hour, you know, uh, trying to listen to the lap pods, you know, 20 minutes before lock and everything. And then the, the great advantage that we have is we have a huge team at uh, Hoop Ball behind us that is going to be uh, constantly tweeting out blurbs and posting everything on hoop-ball.com for anything that takes place during the day if there's a late announcement of an injury or somebody sitting out. So, all you know, you'll have all of the information to work on all during the day. So, you know, no matter what sites or price levels you're going to be playing it'll help you be prepared and then you'll have those that information on hoop ball and twitter to follow for any of the changes and you can also throw any tweets out to both of us uh, at any time i'm at joe sarvati j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i or at mike Patria, m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a and we will also be responding to those uh, during the day. So that that's a fresh approach that I know was important for both of us, because I think it just gives us a big advantageous uh, aspect and, and a real advantage for our listeners to be able to soak that in and not have to cram it in at the last minute.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know. Years ago, I used to be and I still do I still love listening to other people and other our fellow writers i you know you can only learn from your peers it's one thing i've I've always tried to keep in mind and have an open mind, especially when discussing fantasy sports or d f s with any other person, but that's the number one way I used to listen man uh and I still do podcasts while I'm working one of my favorite things, so uh we want to yeah. provide that for everybody on their morning commute on their way there on their way home, maybe they're just doing some day to day labor. And it's something that they got plugged into their headphones. Uh, But get involved, guys. It's going to be fun. We're going to be doing these contests too, Coach. Don't forget about those.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really exciting. And we just finalized that today too. Uh, You know, Fantasy Draft, which uh, those contests will start when the regular season starts. The first one is on October 22nd on opening night. And uh, they have decided to call it the Coach's Challenge. How about that? So I'll be talking a little bit of noise out there uh, since uh, it's going to be my official challenge that I get to throw out oh, there thrilled. on a basis. Yeah. Oh, I love it's, this. It, it's going to be so cool. We're, and we're also doing it as there's like a three uh, – we'll go into this later because it's it's a little far off and we got so much to, to cover today. But it's going to be a fun contest for the listeners to get in, make some money, and uh, you know just talk a little noise back and forth. And I know – you and I will be battling because we're going to keep score on a daily basis uh, to see who, uh, who wins that uh, head-to-head competition uh, each week. So, you know, that's my most important factor for sure. So, all right, before we, we – you know, we could go on and on here, but we do have a big chunk of show left because we're the, in the third part of the three-part series of going through each team individually – and talking about all of the DFS uh, information from each team that, that's happened throughout the offseason between drafts, free agents, uh, player movement, et cetera, and how that's going to affect DFS. Um, you know, We've done the first two shows where we covered the Atlantic Central and then the Southeast and Northwest. Uh, now we get to do the Pacific and Southwest, which is definitely the juice and the meat and all the good teams. So they'll, it should be a lot of fun uh, doing these uh, squads today. So let's get rolling right off the bat and uh, get through these final 10. And then don't forget, you know, if, if you haven't heard the first two and you're trying to, you know, really uh, get a grasp on, uh, you know, everything prior to the beginning of this, this uh, uh, preseason so you can make some money, go back and listen to these shows you know they're long i'll just tell you we're each shows run you know like an hour and a half so you know it's packed with information listen to it in segments or however you need to do it but i'll tell you it's really worth uh, a relisten i've i've listened to these shows back and just helped me take some some notes and things that that we've discussed so all right brother the the first team is the golden state warriors and I want to start us off today with a clip uh, from Draymond Green, which I think is really awesome because he's talking a little bit how the Warriors are disrespected and teams are, uh, you know, everybody's counting them out, which is big danger. So let's listen in to Draymond Green, and then we'll jump in with Golden
2: State. Everybody thinks it's kind of end of us. That's just not smart. <laughs> We're not done yet. Do you still feel that way? I have heard people say we're not going to make the playoffs. That's crazy to me. I mean, that's just like, that's total disrespect, but no different than the disrespect we've all been
0: getting for years. And there you go, Mike, you know, dangerous. Do not poke a champion tiger when everybody's counting them out. And, uh,
1: you know, they're still going to be tough. Absolutely. I mean, yes, they lost a lot of a lot of star powered, uh, you know, Durant leaving uh, Clay Thompson to his injury. Um, You know, actually, I believe I believe Looney just kind of rolled his ankle a little bit. It's probably nothing too severe. But I mean, right now they can't really afford any injuries. Um, They want to go in there and make a statement. But yeah, they got the fire. They're going to be playing with the fire. They're still going to be electric. Uh, The the addition of D'Angelo Russell is going to keep them afloat, give them that scoring punch that they need. And they still have now. They still have three ball handlers, three facilitators. They're going to play quick, and they let's be real. Steph Curry is going to be an MVP candidate this year. He's going, he's the greatest shooter of all time. So anybody that's counting them out is is kind of foolish. Um, but they're they're definitely they're definitely going to have to push the pace this year. They're a team that I'm really looking forward to playing, and I think they're going to be a little bit more vulnerable on the defensive end, especially with Clay Thompson gone now. So we're actually going to be able to target a few more teams against them. Uh, take advantage of that pace. And I'm wondering coach, is that something that you've kind of taken into account for and uh, been looking forward to? Absolutely.
0: I I agree with you. I I think their pace of play will increase. I mean, Kerr's always played fast anyway, but you know, they've also been very highly ranked defensively. You know, that did fall off a little bit last year. And I think you'll, you'll see a little bit more regression defensively, uh, like you stated. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, You know, uh, I would, I would target a lot of Golden State games because they're going to get up and down the floor. And, you know, the big question mark for everybody is going to be, you know, exactly how D'Angelo Russell is going to fit into this entire mix. I mean, you know, Curry's certainly going to be a plug and play option every night for one of your main guys. That'll be, you know, he'll be more expensive, but, you know, he's going to produce, uh, you know, on a very regular basis, I would anticipate. And, Draymond, for sure, being motivated, coming in in shape uh, and, you know, having to carry a little bit more of a role. He's probably a triple-double uh, waiting to happen every night this year, for sure. You know, and then the other pieces, you know, we'll see how they, they come into play, you know, with, with like you said, Looney, who's going to miss just a, a couple of uh, preseason games here, and Colley Stein once he gets back into the flow. And, you know, you've got guys, new guys coming in like Glenn Robinson and, you know, Alfonso McKinney, who's still trying to make a spot on the team. Uh, You know, and there's – so there's going to be some guys that need to step up. But, you know, as far as a usage rate goes, I mean, I just – I used Curry a ton last year, and I used Draymond quite a bit. And, you know, that's when, uh, you know, in different stretches throughout the season – They had Clay and KD or, you know, other uh, Iguodala on the floor, and those guys are gone. So this is going to be a target team for me, just like it is going to be for a lot of other uh, people out there. And I know a lot of people are touting it that way, but I just don't see how you steer from, uh, you know, the fact that they're going to not be blowing teams out. So their, you know, their starters are going to need to play more minutes Uh, in more competitive games, the pace
1: will be good. And, you know, I I think it's just, it speaks for itself. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Draymond Green was a completely different player uh, once he started to get healthy last season. I mean, early on he struggled, uh, mostly just due to little lingering injuries. But when that guy's healthy, he's an unbelievable player. And, you know, I'm generally not the type of person, especially because I'm a GPV player, where I would like to play Draymond and Curry in the same lineup because they can eat into each other's, like, assist value um, you know, a little bit, not, not too much, but obviously a little bit. And I think we're going to see a lot of Russell just primarily playing the two, a little bit of ball handling responsibilities, but you're not, Curry's going to come off ball and get those little, uh, those little curl assists um, very easily. But I think now we're going to see most of this offense run through Draymond and run through Steph solely. And we're going to be able to play these guys in the same lineups of GPPs finally, because like you said, Draymond can easily hit a triple double and Steph can get uh nine, 10 assists in the same night. And, you know, I, I'm going to uh, counter uh, point
0: that a slight bit. I think because Clay's out and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Curry's the best shooter in history, I think we may see Kerr give the ball in to, to D'Angelo a lot more and let him create some stuff and let Curry work off the ball for a change a little bit because, I mean, he can – come off of those curl screens just like the plays they run for clay and get some wide-open looks. And I think that'll just as a whole dimension that they may throw at people. So don't be surprised if they don't mess uh, with that option a little bit, which could make, you know, Steph even more dangerous. And then it also brings D'Angelo into DFS play, you know, because obviously you'll see some some more assist totals and things like that. So it's, it's going to be a fun team. Uh, to use, but uh, I think curl will mess around with that a little bit.
1: I, yeah, you have to take advantage of just how both of them could play multi positions. But uh, the, you know, my thing with my thing with Russell is I'm expecting them to come in uh, with the with a fairly high price tag for for my liking. Like I'm I'm anticipating almost a Clay Thompson role for him. Um, mm-hmm. b- maybe a little bit more ball handling responsibilities, like we said, will be obviously more assist than Clay would have. Uh, probably even a little bit more rebounds than Clay would have, but I'm expecting the scoring to be very, very similar, as in the amount of shots he's going to be able to take per game. And this is also a guy integrating himself into a new offense, so I'm not expecting him to be overly aggressive, especially on a culture that already has a winning thing going. So we're probably going to see him take a small step back in, in that aspect. But he's in, when his price tag gets down from what I'm, at, I'm anticipating it to look like, um, you know, if it's anywhere near what it was last season, obviously with all the usage he was getting over there at Brooklyn, uh, I'm not going to go near it. Once it comes down a little bit, though, and gets gets into you know a price where I can stomach, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to have plenty of shares of Russell. I'm
0: with you, and, and you know, and then once Clay does get back, then we have to reset the that entire discussion because everything changes uh, for sure. I think, you know, knowing how healthy he usually is, and how well he's uh, come through this surgery, and he's way ahead of schedule. I know they won't push him, especially after all the disasters last year, uh, with with getting guys back too soon. But once he does come back, I, I'm expecting him to be a super stud. I can't wait. I have him stashed on a couple of my year long leagues just because I think he's he's going to be one of those guys that when he the first game back, I'm just I'm looking for 10 threes. I think he's just coming right at it. So it's
1: uh, it's going to be fun to see. He's a gamer. He's definitely a gamer. So if there's someone that's going to try to push himself to come back early, I could say it being Clay. No doubt. All right, dude,
0: let's go on to team 2. Uh, do you want to lead us off with uh, one of the obviously biggest discussed teams in the off season, the LA Clippers?
1: Absolutely. And this is a team that we're going to we're going to kind of be talking about a little bit uh, tomorrow as well. Again, you're going to be hearing us talking about that DFS one game slate and uh, it's the Clippers versus Rockets. So pay attention. Some of this might be useful for tomorrow as well. So um, one thing that we're going to have to take into account, a big thing, obviously, with the two big pieces coming over there being Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, is that Paul George is still recovering from multiple surgeries during the offseason, one being on his rotator cuff um and i believe the other one was not, uh is it it was shoulder? the other shoulder other yeah, shoulder
0: he had, he had both shoulders
1: yep. yeah and he's still not healthy he's still not back from that even then even when you do get back that's not an injury that you just completely recover from uh you got to kind of shake the rust off you kind of got to get your mechanics back down to normal and i'm expecting him to kind of ease him in this team's in the, for the long haul there's there's they're obviously you know made the playoff with the piece uh with the pieces that they had So I'm expecting really good things from this team. Um, But we're going to have to keep an eye on guys like Mo Harkless. Uh, He's most likely going to be the candidate to start in place of Paul George. And we've seen Mo Harkless be a very, very, very cheap price tag, but be able to bring back a pretty good return for it. So he's also Mm -hmm. a guy that, you know, we're, we're going to get to again. But, you know, the big confusion at center with Harrell and Zubac chopping up the minutes. Obviously, Harrell's the guy that we want to see get the minutes just because he's a little bit more explosive um zubach could put up numbers and if you know we start to hint that he's getting 28 minutes per game he's a guy that we're going to want to target when his price is low enough but those are really you know obviously Kawhi leonard too on the nights that we know he's playing big minutes but those are the only guys i'm really targeting on this team lou williams Mm -hmm. is a candidate for gpps always because you can just go bananas uh and score 30 in the fourth quarter he's crazy like that but i'm not a big patrick beverly guy unless it's a very limited uh slate with very few games um right. and the wings i'm okay with i i'm just gonna stick with my stud wings and the big guy up front that i know is gonna get the minutes
0: yeah that, no, that's a good that's a good take um you know i i think for me the clippers as as exciting as they're gonna be they're such a phenomenal defensive group of guys if they gel defensively uh i don't know how anybody's gonna beat them they they have the potential to be one of the best defensive teams, I think, in years. Uh, so, you know, that being said, you know, is how is that going to affect pace? Uh, you know, playing such great D chews up a ton of the, the shot clock. And, you know, I don't believe they're going to push the ball beyond uh, belief. You know, they're going to want to get it set up, you know, use Kawhi, use George. Uh, you know, Paul George will be, it looks like miss maybe three weeks, first three weeks. So he'll be back uh, mid November, uh, uh, you know, or somewhere in that neighborhood. They won't rush him back, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be targeting a ton of Clippers, to be honest with you early on uh, specifically, you know, with the fact that I think their pace of play just, you know, on from the defensive side, like I said, is going to be a little challenging and then, there's going to be a lot of guys, you know, jockeying for some minutes. I think that'll share some time with Harkless and Jermichael Green, you know, and like you said, with Zubac and Harrell splitting time, uh, you know, and, and Beverly and Lou Williams and and uh, Shamit, you know, Shamit uh, uh, could could have some good progression this year uh, as well. So I think you know they'll they're going to be playing. Uh, the ultimate team ball. I mean, I'd love to coach this team, you know, they're uh, because you have so many weapons and you have such great defense. But from a DFS standpoint, you know, it's going to be once Kawhi is definitely in there playing healthy, uh, ready to go and going to get a, you know, it's a, it's a good uh, game against a a solid opponent. I think you got to look at Kawhi a lot before Paul George comes back, for sure, just because of the usage standpoint. You know, then when George comes back, uh, you know, those two will slice that up a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, if you have a three- or four-game slate, you know, and you can pick and choose, you know, if it's a, a team that just doesn't guard the shooting guard well and you want to take a, a flyer on a super cheap uh, Landry Shamit or something like that, you know, there's, it's going to be more, you know, those kind of plays, but I know, you know, a guy that like myself, and only builds a lineup or two and plays cash and single entry. Uh, there won't be a lot of Clippers on my, my uh, lineup, which is bizarre because, you know, they're probably the best team in the league and they're the favorites to win it. But uh, it just goes to show you, it doesn't, the flash doesn't always have to be there. It's the, you know, the team and the whole concept and coaching and defense and, that's what I sort of love about it. I, I'm, I'm That makes me excited for the season.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's it's pretty much right what you said with the defense. And it's just like, you know, when we think of teams like the Jazz, who always have like a very elite defense, it's, we're not playing multiple Jazz, we're not playing a lot of guys against the Jazz. So um, taking the same approach to the Clippers is probably the right one to take. Uh, and, you know, barring injury and random spot starts and great matchups, I'm, I'm right on board with you. Clippers are not a team that I'm highly targeting, and – I'm not going to target many teams against them. Awesome.
0: All right, let's move on to team three. I'll jump on that to start off the Los Angeles Lakers, their counterparts there, uh, obviously, uh, big in the news this year as well. And, uh, they'll, they'll be playing on Saturday. So we'll be talking about them soon in preseason ball as well. But, uh, From a DFS standpoint, LA is going to be extremely interesting this year. I mean, you know, I I do believe that uh, uh, there's just, it's going to take time for them to gel. I think that Vogel, you know, putting all his system in, it's going to be a a big change, obviously, you know, with adding uh, Davis and, and, you know, so many guys uh, leaving and then Dwight Howard. Uh, stepping in and Danny Green, Quinn Cook. I mean, you've just got a whole new unit there. Now, I know they're working hard here preseason-wise, supposedly. Uh, you know, they're, they're working a lot off the court together and trying to get that synergy together early on. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit of a wait and see with the Lakers for me. I think that um, – LeBron uh, has been super high. I've taken him in my year long leagues in the first round and a couple of them because I think this is sort of a redemption year for him. You know, all the, the heat he took for not playing D and sort of, you know, having a first injury like that that, that put him out for quite some time. And uh, he just he looks fit. I know Father Time can be tough, but he looks incredibly fit. I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I'll be plugging LeBron James in early on in the season. Now, the guy, you know, I noticed right off the bat, if you look at, you know, and and I hate to refer to it, but I have to, is, you know, looking at some of the pricing, for even for this weekend, Anthony Davis, right away, by far the highest-priced guy on the board at like eleven four in the preseason. So I think he's going to be getting those tags early. And as awesome as he is and as well as I think he's going to do, uh, I'm not going to be willing, probably early on, to be paying, uh, you know, top guy on the board dollars for Davis uh, for the, for several of the reasons that I said. I think there's just a, uh, it's going to take time to get, you know, uh, some continuity together, and it's going to you know take some time to, to get the system down. So, you know, early on, uh, I'll be plugging LeBron in a lot. You know, Kuzma's injured, uh, you know, with that ankle still from when he played on Team USA. So he'll be coming along a little bit slower. You've got the split time right now. It's looking like with uh, Howard and McGee at center, which is a sort of a DSF crusher because, you know, it's hard to to play guys when they're going to split minutes like that. But maybe somebody comes out of that uh, scruff uh, ahead of the, the game and, And maybe not, maybe Davis does slide over uh, against his will a little bit and play some five when they want to play a a lineup with Kuzma and LeBron and go bigger. So, you know, that creates a lot of discomfort with, you know, the the minutes equal money scenario for me for some of their bigs. And then at the guard spot, you know, you know, how much of a role is Rondo going to have? Is LeBron going to, you know, really be the the main point guard? Is he going to split that with Rondo? You know, how is all of that going to fly? I'm sure Quinn Cook will get, you know, uh, 15, 18 minutes backup work uh, at that spot. And then you're going to have, you know, that conglomeration at the other guard spot. To me, I don't think anybody's really stepping out of that to be a DFS threat for me. Danny Green, obviously they brought them him, him in for his experience in defense, but Caldwell Pope, Avery Bradley, supposedly, you know, uh, from what uh, the coach said yesterday, has been uh, the most impressive in the first few days of, of camp. Uh, and then you have Alex Caruso that may get a few minutes as well. So they, they've got a lot of issues and rotations to work out. Uh, and, you know, and, and all that being said is, uh, for me, uh, DFS-wise, I think Davis is going to be priced too high the first three, four weeks lebron may be in my wheelhouse and everybody else is is a wait and see
1: uh, well i'm with you on uh, just basically playing the lebron and davis i don't think anybody else has the necessary like upside in their in their tool bag in order to get me to where i need to be in a gpp so i'm basically just looking at those two but i'm not really scared off of davis's price tag i mean just knowing what we've the games we've seen him from him in the past where he almost puts up a triple double blocks and just what he's capable of. I think I think if if you are in a new team, um especially when you're playing with LeBron James and LeBron James has like the sort of respect he does have for Anthony Davis, he's going to make it very easy for him to kind of mesh with this team and get involved. He's going to look to get Davis involved earlier in the post. Um and not to mention like we said, we're going to be able to take advantage of all the value in other spots because of the pricing errors on like the first night or two. That's true. So we'll have a little money to spend. I'm, I'm anticipating anyway. So, I, you know, if you're going to spend up, uh, I wouldn't mind doing it on Davis in, in a good matchup. But, I mean, there's, you know, like we said, a few other guys that you could do it with too. Yeah, no doubt about it. How do you think Kuzma's going
0: to fit into this mix? Because I, I think the kid's terrific, and I know this
1: ankle's going to get him off to a little bit of a slow start. But do you see him playing a big role? It's going to be tough. Um, you know, he's going to be basically cherry picking for these long rebounds and trying to push the pace a little bit because, it's, especially if they are playing with a bigger lineup with Javale and Davis or Howard and Davis in there, it's going to be hard for him to operate in the paint whatsoever. So he's going to have to really, really like be a stand in the corner three point shooter. Um, that's and it's it's going to be tough for him to do that. I mean, he does have a pretty good shot. He's not you know particularly known for it in that same breath, but. Um he's gonna have to change his game up a little bit and I think we're gonna see a lot less counting stats from him this season.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree. You know, I he's gonna be one of those guys though, if you pick him on the right night, can can uh, break a slate and win a GPP for you. Because he just he has those outbursts where you know he gets rolling, he's slashing in the hoop and knocking some threes down. You know, I think he's a game changer, but you know, he's gonna have to He's not shy, that's for sure. He will shoot the ball. So I think he'll get his looks, but it's just going to be fitting into that uh, scheme. It's going to be very interesting to see, no doubt about it. Okay, anything else on, on the Lakers for you?
1: Uh, I think that's all I got for him. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty much bright and stone right here, like you said, just the studs, and I think that's all you guys need to worry about. So I think we're ready to move on.
0: All right. Okay, the uh, we're gonna go to the Phoenix Suns, and uh, you know when we get uh, before we get started with them, um, one of the the signings that I thought was awesome in the, in the offseason is I love the fact that that they grabbed Ricky Rubio. I you know I felt right off the bat he'd be just you know the the catapult that I think Devin Booker needs to be um, All Star team you know uh, NBA discussion all you know All NBA type discussion player he just needed that i think that facilitator with him and deandre Ayton as well i think the suns i don't anticipate being the worst record in the west this year i think rubio is going to make a huge difference and uh we have a a, a nice clip here of uh rubio and and just talking about uh his excitement for joining the suns
2: really excited to be here really talking with james before uh and then the last couple of weeks, or the last week with Monty, it's been uh an honor to really see a franchise where they building something special, a lot of young guys, and I can bring to the table my experience where I'm already twenty eight so uh, been eight years in the league with uh, a lot of in Minnesota, we have a lot of different teams, and then in Utah, with my experience uh, going to the playoffs, I think I can bring that to the young guys really help them um, reach the level they they deserve. I see a lot of DeAndre or, or Devin Booker, have been talking to them the last couple of days, and, and they're really excited too. And I uh, can't wait to jump uh, on the court, start working with them.
0: All right, and there you go. I mean, you know, Rubio coming off of, you know, the Spain winning uh, and him playing so fantastic in FIBA. I mean, this is just a perfect scenario for him to come in. And lead these young guys, uh, you know, he mentioned in that interview, eight seasons in the league already, but he's only 28. So, I mean, he's right in his prime, and I think they're going to be a solid team. You want you want to uh,
1: tackle the Suns? I mean, I'd love to. I know this is also one of the teams you like to highlight that you're going to be targeting too. So I'm not going to say too much because I, I know you're probably chopping out the bits looking to talk about the sun. <laughs> so um, I'll just I'll just cut, uh, get to the nuts and bolts with this one. I mean, there's, they're going to have a lot of DFS friendly options on this team. Uh, they're going to play at extremely fast pace. Uh, you know, you're going to hear coach probably get to that in a minute, but DeAndre in another year under his belt, um, it's going to help him. You know, sophomore seasons we sometimes either see a make or break seasons for guys. They'll either boom or they'll bust. It's one or the other. Um, but I'm expecting him to be a very fantasy-friendly player. Ricky Rubio, um, you know, if it's he's if he's the one piece, I know you said you're excited about him. I'm excited about him from an actual basketball standpoint as far as a DFS option. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for him to, you know, the assists will be there for him. But it's going to be tough to get any kind of offense going. There are a lot of young guys on that team as well. And it's, it's harder to get these young guys to kind of buy into the same... The same offense the same system of having like that pure point guard run it for them so a lot of these young guys are going to want to try to create for themselves and hopefully that doesn't bother rubio as much but uh you know kelly Oubre, another player that we've seen take a big leap last season once he was uh brought over to the Suns. so we're i'm expecting another another step forward from him he's gonna be another very very dfs friendly option and then they also brought in dario sarich who um mm-hmm. he's, he's i don't know if you if you've seen a coach but his little passive answer they ask him how how is he going to fit in? He said, uh, you know, I'm going to just try to try to I, I, maybe, you know, this is a paraphrase. He said, I'm going to try to just fit in and get a couple shots up. <laughs> so he's not a very enthusiastic guy, but you know, he's, he's still there and he's going to get a lot of time at power forward as well. So I'm excited about it. I'm looking to target a lot of guys that are playing the Suns and this is going to be a popular team that we're going to see some stacks with.
0: Yeah, you you know you know I've been chatting them up a lot in the preseason just because I think they're going to be such a great team to you know not only play guys on but target against as well. I've I've heard you know uh, I, one of my favorite coaches is Monty Williams. I've I've known I know met him personally at a, at a couple coaches clinics years ago, and one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I think he's he's just a great. Uh, coach. And he's, he's come through with uh, work with some super coaches on his way up, uh, you know, to getting this head coaching job. And, uh, you know, he's talked about though, that he's really going to take the chains off of and let these guys run up and down the floor and, and really let them play uh, and play a high tempo game. And, you know, there's not a, a lot of great defenders on this squad for sure. Uh, so between the tempo that the the new system he's going to put in, uh, I just I'm going to you know I'll be having the Suns on a lot of my NBA ticket uh, watching them just for guys on their team and against them. Now you made a great point. As much as I think Rubio's the addition that makes all of this work, he's not particularly going to be my DFS target. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to put enough on the board maybe to. To substantiate his price at times, uh, but I think he's going to be that straw that, that that stirs everything to really make great targets for guys like Booker and Ayton Specifically, I think you'll be able to, to find good spot starts for Ubre. I think Kelly Ubre is going to take a step forward. Dario Sarch, like you said, he's he's a mild manner guy that you know can throw double doubles on the board like crazy. Uh, I think you're also going to see uh, a possibility of, uh, of you know, and they've talked about it a bit in the preseason. I know it's a lot of noise, but they've talked about letting eight and run a little four and playing Baines at the five uh, in, in some
1: uh, lineup. So, no, you know, stop coach. They can't, we can't even, we can't. No, there's no, I, I mean, I, I know it might happen, dude. I'm nah, telling you, there's no, I mean, I, I hope they do try it. Um, He's, he's not. He is not a power forward. Uh, he well, I mean,
0: a he's, he's a big, huge center. I get that. But, I mean, he can face up, and he's got a nice little shot. And, you know, I, I think – I just – I know Monty thinks outside of the box a lot in, in his coaching techniques. And I know Aiton's been talking that noise that he wants to – he's a natural forward and all that baloney, which isn't true. But just don't be surprised if you see a little bit more, you know – of, of that mix a little bit i think it could happen so it's you never know I, not consistently but a little bit so I,
1: I just think it would go against with their with their other point of their culture which is trying to push the pace it's really going to slow down the entire game for them He's waiting for these two guys to both get up the court both set up um clogs the paint for both of them and you know the, the other guy being like you know aaron baines is is the other name that we didn't we didn't mention but um, that's what i said yeah oh, made, i'm sorry I didn't some of the say five
0: that. but the thing is though that you're discounting is ayton is a rim runner he was at arizona that's what i think he didn't do it last year the system was jacked up the coach i, I just didn't have any idea what they were doing last year it Was a disaster but he's a rim runner he's a capella kind of guy that can just fill the lane with those monster strides you know and catch alley oops from rubio and knock them down so i just uh, there's a lot of intrigue with this team i think there's a lot of guys you'll be able to use on a given night and again there's no defensive stoppers that that i really see uh very strong on this team so you're going to be able to uh stack against them i mean i'll there'll be a lot of game i don't do a lot of stacking in nba like you do in other sports i think you you don't want to do that to to an extreme but I You know, a two-man stack is very reasonable in a high-scoring game. I can see myself, you know, going with a booker eight and then two guys against the team as well. And, you know, you're looking for a 122, 117 kind of game where those guys are going to carry it for you. So I'll be doing that a lot, I can tell you right now.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, realistically, the only time you're doing anything more than, you know, two guys for each team in a stack is if you're just trying to hope the game goes to overtime – uh, it becomes an insanely high-scoring game, and it's in a multi-entry GPP that you have a ton of under entries on. Otherwise, you're kind of just wasting your bolts. Um, I mean, trying to do that on just a you know the high-scoring game and hope it goes overtime every single night. Um, and no, you, you be can't like, do that consistently. No, no, but exactly. you know, if
0: if it's you know if it's a uh, too high-paced teams, and you know, I've I've had some good success in cash games you know, n- not even having to wish for the lucky overtime. But, you know, if you're going to get a, a 122-118 game where they're up and down the floor, uh, you know, you can, you can stack two. I don't think twos are...
1: Oh, no, are, no, no. But, you misunderstood me. I said you could do two, anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, anything more than that, and you're hoping for overtime is what I'm saying.
0: Right, right. Now, you know, we may have to get a little crazy on those nights where there's only two or three games and stuff. But, you know, in regular scenarios... Uh, yeah, you know, like in baseball, I mean, you, you look at these, it's amazing. I mean, baseball, basically people play five and three stacks or four and four, and it's just whatever team runs up a bunch of runs, you know, it's, it's absolutely opposite of, you know, you've got to be on your game with basketball and, and cherry pick the guys that are going to step out against specific teams for whatever that reason is, whether it's matchup pace, et cetera. So, I'm with you, man, but um, if there's any team that's on my list for two-man stacks, it's the Suns and who plays against them. So just something to keep out there because that'll be uh, some of my early plays. All right, let's roll. We're doing a little bit better on time than we normally do somehow. So let's just keep this magic flowing, and uh, I will jump into – the uh, Sacramento Kings, an interesting squad that uh, in, a lot of intrigue with this team on uh, if they're going to, you know, take a step forward. I think with Coach Walton there and, you know, him wanting to play up tempo, I think, uh, again, that's perfect example. If you give me a Suns-Kings late game, oh, my gosh, I may jump off my couch uh, with, with the players for that. But obviously, you know, De'Aaron Fox, uh, massive step forward um, last year. I think, you know, that may level off to, you know, where he played last year, which was a great level. I don't know if he'll progress a tremendous amount further, uh, you know, to where he did last year. But, you know, very good. And if you played him in the right spots, he definitely took down – uh, some cash game and some GPPs for you, obviously will be the main guy at point. They brought in Corey Joseph for a little backup. Yogi Ferrell still there, so he'll get uh, a breather, but he's your main man. Um, Buddy Hill, who's sort of been a big sweetheart in a lot of the preparation leagues and a lot of uh, the early talk here with guys to put a circle around for this coming year you know, obviously can shoot the eyes out and uh, just really seem to put it together, especially the second half of last year, uh, bring the whole game uh, together at, at another level. I think he's going to be a big plus, uh, you know, and and a good guy to use in specific spots. Uh, Bogdanovich uh, is backing him up. Uh, you know, how many minutes he'll get is, is in question. He had a really good FIBA uh, tournament. So I think he's earned uh, some minutes, uh, but he definitely going to be your your main guy there. Um, You know, the other guys, you've got Harrison Barnes, who they paid 90 million to. They also paid Trevor Ariza a bunch of money. I think, uh, you know, those are not going to be fantasy targets for me on a regular basis uh, for sure. Uh, And just the inconsistency there, Uh, I know both guys on a given night can throw some numbers up, but uh, not a target, uh, just concerned about uh, exact usage and how that's going to pan out there. Um, You know, I'm a big Marvin Bagley guy. Uh, I have been all along. I think he's, I think he's the, you know, the potential best player on this team. I think if he gets healthy and is focused, I think uh, he may have the best progression forward i think in pricing wise he's still reasonable enough that you can get him in there and play him uh and you know uh, have him as a a, a good part of your lineup and and not uh use up too much salary so bagley's going to be a big target i think you put a a big circle around him um i know dwayne dedman uh, i'm not the biggest Dwayne dedman guy i know you are and i know a lot of guys you know, he's a sneaky guy to put stats up. He is a good rebounder and, you know, in in the right spots may be a good guy uh, to get some some action. Um, I like Harry Giles a lot. I know he's hurt again for the millionth time a little bit and going to miss some time in preseason, which really uh, is disappointing for me to hear because I thought he would be a guy that would really get into that rotation. But now I'm starting to worry, you know, if, if this is going to be the kind of guy that's just going to be a, a constant uh, injury uh, possibility. So um, really after that, you know, they they have Rashawn Holmes as another backup big, but, you know, for me, it's going to be the the Fox and Heald and Bagley show, I think, as with most people and, you know, on with the pace that they're going to play and what Walton saying, you know, they're going to do with the ball as far as pushing it. You know, they may be uh, the fastest paced team in the league. I think it's possible, uh, specifically when they go smaller and play Bagley at the five uh, at times. So I'm excited for the Kings as well. You know, it's weird to, you know, from a DFS standpoint, you know, we're talking about all these great teams in the West right now. And so far, I'm most excited about the sons and kings. That's that's DFS for you.
1: <laughs> exactly. We like the bad teams. It's give us your Tony. <laughs> give us your Tony Rotins and you know your Ish when he's starting. Give us those guys. Those are the guys that no, we want I, to talk about. No,
0: thank you. I'll pass <laughs> <on> those
1: guys. This <laughs> Tony Rotins. Won me some money in the past, but uh no no i mean I'm, I'm right there with you on the kings as far as you know the big names being I mean, the guys buddy healed's a guy i could never i could never get right you know you i hear you talk about that all the time coaches yeah. those guys that you can't get uh he's one of those guys for me i always struggle getting him on the right nights and usually the nights i pick him, fox has a big game but i do i do like me some dead men here and there i'm actually anticipating him playing a a few more minutes than most people. I'm not expecting him to get a full workload at like 30, you know, 32, 34. But I can see him hitting, you know, 26 to 28. And he's going to put up some numbers in there. He's a better season long guy than he is uh, a DFS guy. But we're going to see some um, in the right matchup, some big games from him. And I'm not expecting a high price tag for him. Um, but other than that, like you said, Bagley is going to be a huge target for a lot of people. He's just a point per minute. He really exploded in the second half of the season last year. Um, I'm, I'm fully expecting that to transition into this year hmm. I'm with you. Any anything on, you know, do you like, uh, you know, Barnes, uh, Ariza? I hate I hate oh, Barnes more than anything. Um, I mean, let's be <laughs> real. We're both Maverick guys. So deep yeah. down to our cores, we don't like him. No. And I mean, it's just it's just a really crowded wing uh, area over there. It's just not one that I want anything to do with. I don't think there's enough minutes to go around. Bogdanovich is a guy that he just came out and said a few days ago, he's anticipating himself playing 28 to 29 minutes. But you just really don't know where those minutes are coming from at this point. Um, you know, maybe backing up the two and the one a little bit, but then they also, like you said, brought in Corey Joseph. They still have Yogi Ferrell, so there's just literally about 18 guys it feels like that are, could be on this team and play. I don't even understand. They're gonna have to have veterans playing the G League. Like, there's they're gonna have to do something. There's not enough minutes to go around for these guys. It almost feels like a Knicks front court situation on their wing, um, and it's not one that I w- I want much to do with other than those big names. Like it's it's like you said, it's Fox, it's Heald. Uh, Bagley and then occasionally I'm going to have my shares in Deadman and a low owned hopefully blows up gets me a three four blocks two three steals couple threes good rebounds decent points that day and all of a sudden you're looking at you know 40 something points from Dwayne Deadman, you might have paid 5k for him 4k for
0: him yeah there's some bargains there I'll tell you though you know take a look if you have a chance at the salaries you know for the kings for the guys they signed the money that they paid that group of guys, Corey Joseph, Harrison Barnes, Dwayne Dedman, you know, and and some of those guys are coming in. I just – it's mind-boggling, you know, to begin with, with Barnes at $90 million, but I don't know. I mean, that's uh, – Vlade is an interesting guy. I don't know his – I've never quite bought into his strategy. But what I can say is the one positive thing, and I think I mentioned this on an earlier show, but it's worth – mentioning again, we were sitting right behind, uh, the first row area in the NBA summer league. And the Kings were the only team that they must've had a mandatory. Everybody's there has to be there at summer league because they were going to do something, uh, team wise photos or whatever they had to do. So they were the only uh, group that had their whole entire team there. And so we got to watch them, uh, intermingle amongst themselves for quite a bit, uh, and, and there seemed to be a lot of camaraderie, uh, you know, from the young guys, specifically Fox, Hill, Bagley, Giles. You know, they were joking a lot. Uh, they, the music was playing. They were dancing. out. I mean, they just – I, I like the vibe. I, I think there can be some improvement there. And I'm not going to be afraid to, to play some of these guys for sure.
1: No, we want that pace. So we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of it. Like you said, we're wait, we're gonna have that day circled. Uh, kings and sons, and I'm gonna hold you to it. I want to see your stack. The final day that. I'm doing two, that.
0: two and two for sure. Minimum. I may even go crazy and go three and two that night. Overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Double OT. All right. Well, you know who's next? The Dirk Nowitzki-less Dallas. Mavericks,
1: yes, yes, yes. I mean, we both could probably talk about this team forever. It's it is our you know, two both of our favorite teams. It so, is it's uh, my
0: home hometown team, so
1: it's so it got know. me into ball. I mean, it's sad that we're not gonna be able to see Dirk out there. I hope everyone is able to cash in on his farewell game. Um, you know, I was there in person, dude. yeah, it was the greatest, it was the best. Dude, unbelievable. This guy's just one of a time, like one of a kind. We'll never be able to watch another player like him, and I hope everyone I got him. to soak it all up while they could. Uh, but just like all good things, they do come to an end. And He's uh, the nicest guy in basketball history, aw, I dude. mean, he
0: is the nicest guy. It's almost incredible how nice the guy is.
1: He's phenomenal. He's, and he still still loves going to Dallas. He's He's one of those guys that's going to be welcomed in any city he goes to. Everybody loves him. He's one of the most loved by players as well there's not a single player that'll have a bad thing to say about Dirk Nowitzki. So it just goes to show when you're that kind of guy, uh, you know, like to have that kind of just like Dwayne Wade, there's not a player out there that has a bad thing to say about Dwayne Wade. So these guys, they go down, they're legends. um, And I'm just grateful to be able to, you know, kind of grow up during the era and watch him play. You know, he's one Um, of the guys I mentioned that got me into ball, but we, uh, we're not playing him this year. Yeah. You know, we got to look at the guys. (laughs) on. Yeah. They re-signed uh, Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is going to be starting center. They uh, bring in Chris Tops in the trade, but sent Dennis Smith Jr. over there. Uh, you know, Luca obviously coming into his sophomore year after winning Rookie of the Year, expecting to you know take a little bit of a another step forward and kind of show us what else he can do with his game. Um, one of my favorite signings, I, and I, I got to hear what you want to think about this is DeLon Wright, though. I think I think that was a phenomenal signing. Yes, they just, they still have the other Curry over there, Seth, but. Um, this guy is so underrated and he kind of just, he's always kind of had a little bit of an injury bug following him, um, in limited minutes playing over there when he was on the bench in Toronto, but just showing how explosive he was when he was given a chance to start over in Memphis for that short period of time. I kind of yeah. liked what I saw from him and he's going to be a guy that I think is going to be a GPP stud. He's going to be, you know, that medium price tag, but every once in a while he's going to blow up.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I I love the signing. I mean, he was a little expensive, uh, but I I think he was worth it. I think it was a great, great pickup. I mean, he's penciled in as the starting uh, point guard right now. You know, I do have a little questions on shooting percentage and a few things, but I think, you know, my only concern right now, and and I love Love the fact that the Mavericks have him. Don't get me wrong, but the reason why he's not going to be a huge DFS target for me initially is I've seen Carlisle coach for so long, and he does rotate his guys. He he is not the fastest paced coach, and you know I think with with Jalen Brunson on the team, he's going to get minutes. JJ Barea is back this year; he's going to get some minutes. Seth Curry's in the rotation, and Luka's definitely going to play some point as well. So. My concern is the money equals minutes, and a big conglomeration of guards there, and Tim Hardaway as well. You know, playing the two, uh, and or Justin Jackson. They're both threes, but they can play a little two. So you've got a lot of guys, and I'm concerned about uh, the rotation. Luca, obviously, uh, super overpriced. Though I mean, there were a few slates the last couple of weeks of the NBA season last year where Luka was priced higher than Harden. And and I mean, it was like people lost their minds on, on pricing on Luka. Cause I know he, you know, last year they had traded like everybody on the team away and he was the only remaining like first top eight guys on the team. So his usage went up and his price went up, but he's overpriced the rest of the guards. I like the depth, but not for DFS. So I don't particularly want any of that group initially. So, As much as I'm happy that DeLon writes with the Mavericks, he's not going to be a target for me. The guy that I'm going to target, and I know everybody's like, they're going to bring Porzingis along slow. He's been out two years. He's injury prone. He's this, he's that. Well, you know, I've watched very closely. He should have played the last three months of last year. He was healthy enough. So he's been healthy for a long, long time. He's in great shape. He's ready to go. And he people forget the unicorn, man. I mean, he may lead the league in blocks. I mean, he he's a great three-point shooter. He's a terrific, terrific player. And Porzingis is gonna be in my lineups like crazy early on. I'm not a I know that he's not gonna play 35, 36 minutes, but he's gonna play enough minutes to make a monster dent in the scoreboard. Um so Porzingis is my main guy for the Mavs. Luca, of course, on a given night, but, you know, you're going to burn a lot of salary. After that, though, dude, I, I'm, I am not a Mavericks uh, DFS guy. I'll be rooting for them to win every game, but, you know, I don't want the mixture of Powell, Kleber, and uh, Boban splitting any minutes at point guard, and then Kristaps maybe playing a little five. Don't know. Thank you with any of that. I know everybody loves Dwight Powell. Everybody drafted Dwight Powell. You know, mid rounds are pretty high. I'm just concerned that he's not going to have enough minutes, and you know that's my that's my main concern. Um, and then again, like I mentioned, all those other guys between Finney Smith, Justin Jackson, Hardaway, Brunson, Curry, you know, Berea, Delon Wright. You know, that's great depth, but disaster for DFS because it's going to be all split up so I I like the direction of the Mavericks I'm not quite sure they're going to be a playoff team yet I think they'll be trying to slide in there on the bottom of the the chain if they can but uh,
1: Chris Stapps is is my initial target for sure I, I definitely don't disagree with you with Chris Dapps. He's just one guy I think I might uh, just take a little bit of the wait-and-see approach because there has been talks about, like you said, limiting him in ways, but they haven't really explained how. So whether. you're going
0: to wait and to win the money later then? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: <laughs> I, I, I want to see – my main concern is if they get down in games, do they play him in the fourth quarter? Probably not. Um, if they're up in games, do they need to play him in the fourth quarter? Uh, probably not. And then are they going to rest his minutes or are they just going to let him sit out back to backs? We also need to find out exactly um, what kind of rest he is going to see because, you know, Cuban hasn't exactly been, you know, shy to the fact that he's, that they're going to rest him at some point in, in some different way. So. You know, on yeah. those days where he does sit, yeah, I think maybe I'll take a look at Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell on those days, but I'm with you. Otherwise, and on the days that Porzingis is healthy, playing minutes, I'm not touching anybody in the front court but him. And I kind of want to just see him play at least 32 minutes before I start investing into, you know, a higher ish price tag at a guy like that. I, I think in competitive
0: games early on, now, you know, I, I believe he may sit, they may, you know, give him some load management on back-to-back games and such. But I think that in games that are competitive, close games, and then up and down, I think, you know, 30 minutes is 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 a, a slam dunk for him. And I, I think that in that time frame, he's going to produce. So we will see, my man. We will see. But should be a step in the right direction. And, you know, it's, it's fun that the fact that, you know, Dirk is passing the torch to – To Luca and you know that I just saw an interview with Luca uh, the other day and he said you know he really doesn't want to be talked about as having to fill dirt shoes which obviously nobody can but he does want to you know the one area he does want to follow is in being with the franchise long term and he and Chris Stapps are tight already and you know at least you have those two and you build uh, I think the Mavs, you know, at least there's a, br- a brighter future than we've seen in a long time. As far as you know, a few younger guys getting in there, and and people forget Porzingis is still a baby. I mean, he's in his early twenties. What is he, twenty-two, three, whatever he is? Uh, you know, he's still young, so they're going to be fantastic, but uh, in in the future. So, all right, man, are you ready to tackle the? Is it my turn or your turn?
1: I believe it's your turn I started off with a little bit of the Mav talk but
0: uh all right I will go with the Houston Rockets and I'll I'll keep it somewhat abbreviated because
1: yeah I know we're gonna we're... talk about them a talk... ton
0: yeah so Houston you know I obviously uh, you know we all caught the the first game of uh, the uh, preseason they played the the pitiful Shanghai sharks oh my god they're to- they were so bad but they just sliced and diced them hard and had a triple-double in the first half. I was surprised they played their guys as much as they did. You know, I know you mentioned uh, a great, and it's the kind of edges that we look forward to and, and you brought forward, so I'm not taking credit. It was your call, but D'Antoni, as you said, does play his guys a lot in the preseason and try to get chemistry, so that's a big plus. And, you know, I think that... Uh, they're obviously gonna be running and gunning. I mean, that first game, you know, you you know, you can't take any heat anything into that, but man, they've got an absolute plethora of uh, you know, three point shooters and, and guys out on the on the perimeter that can play. I think uh, you know, I know we may disagree a little bit on this, so I, I'm looking forward to your take on it, but I know that, you know, their pace of play has been bad cuz it's it's, you know, for a couple of years now cuz it's usually hardened, 27 dribbles and then either a step back or he goes to the hoop and gets fouled. But with Westbrook, I think everything changes with this team. I see, you know, D'Antoni's always wanted to play more of an up tempo. That's been his style for years, Suns, Knicks, wherever he's gone, he's tried to go up tempo. So I think with Westbrook, I think they're going to play faster. Uh, obviously, you know, Gordon with his spot up shooting and house and green, those guys are going to all be firing all over the place. PJ Tucker from the corner are They're all, they all have their positionality and roles. You know, they're probably the most well put together team as far as experience together. And I think that's why a lot of people are starting to to pick them. I've seen on NBA TV, They were making their selections and and both guys on that particular show had picked the Rockets to win it, which I was sort of shocked, you know, but I can understand that. I mean, this Westbrook is a big ad, but the rest of these guys are all in place and they all know their role. Uh, You know, Capella looked terrific in that first game, but he was like playing against like you and me. So I I guess you can't, you know, put too much stock. But I like the fact that, they brought Tyson Chandler in as his backup. He's like the greatest mentor guy ever. I think he'll be uh, just you know, coaching Capella and be a tutor to him. Capella's going to be a guy I'm looking at early on. I think he's a guy that's going to have a bigger year. He's been so under the radar, radar in this preseason time, but I'm excited for Capella. All the rest of those three-point shooters – you know, on a given night, if you want to pick the right guy, God bless you. But it's a hard, hard to call, you know, Gordon is so point, you know, uh, dependent, he's not going to give you a whole lot else. But, you know, any night you can take Harden and Westbrook, they both can go off for multiple, you know, triple doubles each on, on a given night, especially with the pace they're going to play. So I'm extremely, you know, I'm I'm on the Rockets. I, I believe in them early. I think that their pace of play is going to increase. I'm not afraid uh, to, to spend some of my uh, bigger dollars on specific nights, uh, picking Westbrook or Harden on that night with a Capella or mixing that in there. So what is your take, man? Do you think they'll they'll move the ball better?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think a clear uh, indicator that they're going to push the pace a little bit more this season is the fact that um, they're planning on starting Eric Gordon. So he's a guy that was coming off the bench. They're planning on just beating teams down in the ground early, getting massive leads, and almost taking a Warriors approach. All right, we don't need to play the fourth quarter, you know, unless Harden's or Westbrook is two rebounds or three rebounds away from a triple-double, then maybe they'll play him again. But uh, no, I think these guys are going to be fine playing next to each other. I think a lot of people overreacted initially, saying they're going to eat into each other so much and everything else. But... Um you know they're both very capable and very good at their own at their own special things and they're two guys that will feed off of each other as far as just the synergy um you know th- Westbrook's a junkyard dog he's a very aggressive player he's a guy that will get up and and will play for a teammate willing to play for him and Harden kind of always had a good track record of being one of those teammates he's never been one I guess you could say like a sellout or a guy that wanted to leave or anything like that he wanted to go get his opportunity and Westbrook you know is one player that said to him when he was leaving okay see go get yours Go do yeah. what you got to do. So um, these guys have always kept in communication. They're good friends. I think there's going to be plenty of core chemistry. Capella, again, I, I like what you, you brought him up. I'm expecting a really big year from Capella. Um, really big defensive year. Really big rebounding year from him. I think he's really going to take his game to the next level, especially when you have, a, like you said, a mentor uh, like Tyson Chandler there for him. And and yeah, definitely uh, DeAntoni. You know, if anybody already uh, read my articles for our premium upside over there, um, you know, DFS for beginners. I have a few other ones out there. Uh, one of the things I mentioned looking into this preseason is, uh, when in doubt, play with D'Antoni because uh, he's, he likes to load these guys up in minutes. We've seen him do it with Chris Paul and Harden uh, when yeah. they were trying to build some chemistry over the last time. And uh, you know, both these guys were playing 30 minutes for the first few games during preseason. So I'm kind of going into this one uh, with the same approach. I don't count that last game against Shanghai, like you said. Uh, that was just kind of like a free gimme. So expect them to kind of take this game uh, against an actual NBA team a little bit more serious, and take their lineup rotation a little bit more serious.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, you know, it's uh, you know you bring up some interesting points there. I I, I think that uh, one thing that that, that I want to mention is I don't know how many you know I'm a basketball junkie, and I believe that you get a lot of edges in DFS by watching these games from start to finish, listening to the announcers, watching the coaches, listening, because you get those little pieces. And I doubt that many people watch that Rockets and and uh, Shanghai or whatever, Sharks, all the way to the end. Uh, I watched the whole game. And I'll tell you why, because I want, and, and, and it, I'm so glad I did, because it was the Houston announcers that were on that game. So they're the ones that were doing the game. So they know the real inside skinny. And they, they you know, you get a lot of that daily feedback of what's going on inside the team from those guys. And they made a great point towards the end of that game when I think most people had already turned it off. And it was the, the big question is on rebounding because defensive rebounding, you know, that's where Harden has made his triple doubles by grabbing all those defensive rebounds from the guard spot. Uh, if, if And Capella, if he's in the paint, he's got the rebound. If not, sort of everybody clears and Harden gets it. Well, obviously, as we know, Adams, as we've talked in the past, everybody clears everybody out. So Westbrook could get every single rebound at Oklahoma City. So now you have this dynamic that's very odd is you've got all of these free rebounds that are usually there for these guys that they have to split up. And that may cause a little bit of a decrease in total DFS points. And I I thought that was just a great point that the Houston announcers had brought up is, you know, as much as Capella played great in that game, uh, they were talking like they felt his rebounding was going to decrease this year just because of Harden and Westbrook's, you know, Way that they go after the defensive glass, so an interesting point and something to keep aware of, you know, as you're using guys in, in certain scenarios.
1: Definitely. I mean, one thing I, if I were to, you know, just chip in on that a, a tiny bit, um, what I'm anticipating is just the ball to get out of Capella's hands as soon as possible. Grab the rebound, give it to Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, generally, my my thinking, if I, you know, I'm not uh, an NBA head coach. Coach, you're the coach, so maybe you tell me. Uh what not, I, what, not NBA. Sorry. no no <laughs> but uh you know you have that you have that mindset so I would want Westbrook pushing the ball as fast as possible collapsing the d and when you got a guy like Russell Westbrook taking three defenders with him because he just pushed across court uh in two three seconds flat you're gonna have a okay. wide open James Harden just sitting there waiting for that swing pass on the baseline so they're gonna have plenty of plays like that they have now Gordon on one side they'll have uh, hard and on the other on those kinds of situations, and they're gonna it's gonna be easy pickings for uh, Westbrook assists. So that's you know, I tell you, they're,
0: they're complementary players. Mike are, I'll, I'll tell you, Gordon, Daniel House, Gerald Green, uh, you know these guys can play and they can shoot. They are a dangerous team, and I'm not overreacting against their game against the Sharks. I've been saying that all along. I just I like their rotation. And I think that they're already in sync of, of, you know, Westbrook hasn't played yet. I get that. That's going to be a big part of it. But all those other guys, you know exactly what they're going to do. You know, you know what position they're going to play, where they're going to shoot, you know, what to expect, you know. So I I'm, I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to crush some teams uh, and and put some points on the board. But I'm with you. I think Westbrook you know, moves them up 10, 12 notches on the pace level and, and gets some more opportunities uh, for players. And, you know, the, the, uh, you know, with Westbrook, he's not playing again uh, in the, this next game either. Again, he had both knees uh, just cleaned out a little bit. He's fine, but they want to bring him along slow. But, you know, once he gets into the groove and is full speed, man, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be an exciting show to watch on, on any given night for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's it's one thing I'm going to be looking forward to. I really want to see these guys play next to each other. I'm I'm I love Westbrook. I've always been a huge Westbrook fan. I'll be the first one to criticize parts of his game, but when you just talk about an overall athlete and somebody who just brings fans into the seats, explodes to the rim, plays with so much energy, and somebody that you want to see the ball as bad as a shooter is, I love seeing Westbrook with the ball in his hands at the final yeah. second because he will find a way to get an open shot. Um, yeah. It may not it may not fall. But he's one of the best at creating for himself. And now you have another guy like James Harden, who arguably one of the best ISO players of all time, we could say, um, playing just – they're going to be able to have their way on offense. And I think Westbrook said it perfectly. It's going to be scary.
0: Well, I, I'm with you. I, You know, people that, that – you know, I know Westbrook has a ton of haters and people get on him all the time. But I've said it all along. I mean, obviously Michael, Kobe, you know, a few guys uh, – you know, are, are definitely a, a level above. But as far as just pure motor, as far as just absolute, you know, balls to the wall, let it all out, pure motor on every play, I don't think I've ever seen any player in the history of the league that plays harder than Westbrook does in, in, in that perspective. And I admire that regardless of the outcome.
1: Absolutely, you have to. He's a he's a fan favorite. It's it's he's the type of guy that you know when he left OKC, he he the writing the writing was on the walls. He pretty much said you know guys, if you're good, I I kind of want to get out of here now, and I'm sure the fans still love him there. He's that kind of guy. I mean he's he's unbelievable. Um, I mean we're gonna be a little bit disappointed once he gets a little bit older and he starts to lose some of this athleticism because we're gonna need to see him step up in other aspects of his game where he's kind of struggled with uh you know some of the percentages, especially his last season. Um, his free throw percentage was abysmal. So um, there's a few things I'm expecting, and I'm personally expecting, you know, the turnovers to obviously play next to Harden, they're going to cut back a little bit. Uh, The shot attempts will probably go down a little bit. Um, Assist rate will probably go up a little bit, you know. So I'm expecting a few different things from his game to change, and overall for the better.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of OKC, did you see the the, uh, blurb today where – the thunder are actively shopping your favorite player in the league steven adams
1: yeah i think i actually um i mentioned this i didn't think it would happen this soon but um, i know
0: i didn't either i thought they'd wait till you know close to trade deadline times <laughs> it makes but more sense he's
1: gonna explode with rebounds and, and other stats like he's gonna you know boost his trade value a little bit show people what he can do when he's not playing next to russell westbrook first and yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: I was shocked to see that at this point, you know, preseason-wise, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm I'm, sh- I'm shocked. That, like just like you said, I'm shocked to see it at this point. But it's like I said, I think last time there's there had to be a reason for New Orleans Noel to come back, and uh, you know, he could have easily signed a one year deal with anybody else and had probably could have started for a few teams in the league, and I'm sure he had plenty of other offers. So with yeah. with all the options and everything that he had, he he there had to be a, like a whisper in his ear saying, "Hey, listen, man." Just sit around for a little bit. You'll be our starting center before the all-star break or something. So, um, And it kind of just goes to show you that there probably is. He's going to be starting. He's actually a really good late-round draft pick in, in, in any best ball league or any kind of you know season-long league. He's going to be worth it when he's starting. Just unreal defensive numbers from that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Block shot guy for sure. But, it'll, yeah, it makes you wonder, though, how fast uh, if they're going to you know they may move Chris Paul as well they're going to move both of those guys i mean i still i think you know, the the fact that they've acquired 15 draft picks over the next 4 seasons already it's like good lord how many you know how many assets can you have but anyway i just wanted to mention that cuz i know you're you're the uh, a card carrying member of the steven adams and aquaman uh, uh, fan club so. i always will be <laughs>
1: Big all Adam, right yeah.
0: All right. Let me give a quick shout out because we, we've got three teams left. Again, you know, we're we're so excited that all these preseason shows have been sponsored, uh, you know, by by our uh, partners at Fantasy Draft and uh, announcing the fact that we'll be doing these daily shows throughout the season, seven days a week. Uh, and again, our presenting sponsor is Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free fantasy site in the industry. Make sure you get on fantasydraft.com. Use the promo code HoopBall. Get that seven-day free membership. You know, you'll, uh, our listeners will be able to get in that Coach's Challenge tournament on a weekly basis, which will be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you're going to save a ton of rake, and, and Fantasy Draft is the only place to do that. So, you know, you've got a little bit of time to get prepared for Fantasy Draft there. They're going to launch on October 22nd on opening night. So, you know, you'll be able to really get a feel for for teams a little bit. But, uh, you know, I know I did my majority of my DFS play uh, there. And now this year with the rake free, it's like, you know, it's like cashing 10% extra on everything that you hit. So we thank you uh, again for them and and their sponsorship. Uh, Remember also, you know, with any of these podcasts, you can pick us up. Uh, just search hoopball NBA DFS today, where everywhere a podcast can be found. Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Make take the time if you would, just a couple seconds. Rate, review, subscribe, hit the five stars, the likes. Give us a positive review, a thumbs up. You know, whatever you can. Again, you know, we want to keep our, our sponsors happy. We want to uh, continue to be able to bring you this content, which I believe, and I don't say this in an arrogant way at all, but I believe we're going to be bringing you the best daily DFS NBA free content coverage in the industry bar none. Now there's some great ones out there, but a lot of them are behind paywalls. A lot of them are, there's some costs involved, but you know, please uh, continue to, you know, uh, support our sponsors so that we can, uh, you know, bringing this, this free content. So again, hit us up on Twitter. I'll say that one more time so that, you know, any questions you have going into the season after we finish this show and then questions on a daily basis for, uh, you know, uh, status, of certain players. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. And, and he's at Mike Patria, M I K E. A-P-O-T-R-I-A. So catch us on Twitter and in the hoop ball, uh, hoop-ball.com forums. I am on there all the time uh, answering questions. And uh, the blurbs and such you'll be able to get right at the hoop-ball.com website. And you can pick those up on Twitter as well. Okay. We are three teams left. And uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are on the clock. And, You've got it, man. And this is
1: briefly. this is like one of my favorite teams I'm looking forward to watching this season. Uh, really? This, yeah, man. They just have a lot of youth I'm really excited to watch. I'm a huge uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. fan. Um, can't wait to see his game. Uh, I was very, very upset to see it cut short last season with, with the injuries, but really looking forward to the leap that he could take this year. Just a premier shot blocker. Can step out. Can knock down a three great rebounder there's there's literally not a hole in this game just seeing uh the dfs value that jonas valchunas can provide in in a full workload is unreal and i'm i'm fully anticipating him to be underpriced um just because of all the other names that are going to be out there it's hard to kind of put him up there but when it comes to points per minute in dfs he is up there with a lot of the best ones i mean this is a guy that even when he was playing in toronto we would always just be screaming, give the guy the minutes, and he's finally getting him. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to him. And, of course, we've got the rookie John Morant. we got to talk about Morant. He's a guy that uh, can easily make a big splash of, like right away, yeah. um, especially in the assist column. I don't expect him to be a huge scorer. I expect him to struggle a little bit in season long as far as turnovers and, and percentages. But, again, uh, the turnovers do knock him a little bit, but we're not worried about the percentages. So... I'm expecting there to be plenty of playmaking. This team is going to play off the rails. It's already been said. Get rid of that mentality that, you know, used to kind of be sitting there when you think about the Memphis Grizzlies and the slow, churn it out, grind it out game because that's gone. This team is going to be flying. Um, And I'm expecting, you know, especially with rookies like Brandon Clark, I, I I want to watch this kid so bad. Just seeing how much athleticism, how many shot blockers this team has, and what they can really do, and all the different lineups that they could change. But right now, there's three guys that I primarily have my eye on. I'm not really worried about the whole uh, conjunction going on over there at small forward um, with you know Kyle Anderson. They're like they said they're gonna probably he's probably gonna wind up I, in my opinion being the starter. I think it should be Clark, um, but he's a little bit a little bit big. He's more of a power forward. Uh, but he's, you know six eight, he could probably get a little, get away with it on the wing. Uh, but the main guys you're looking at for me is going to be Triple J, uh, Morant, Valchunas. Those are the guys that we know are going to have the most secured lineups. They're going to be the where the offense is focused around. And those are the guys I'm going to definitely have tons of share of this year.
0: All right. And you know what's awesome is that we can bring two completely different, uh, you know, ideas and thoughts to the table. Because this is one. My man, that I disagree with. I personally feel like this will be one of my top fade teams of the year, and I'll explain why. Uh, and 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 it's great that you know, it's good that our listeners we can't agree on everything, and, and you're not we're not supposed to. So we'll we'll see how you know these will will play out. But here here's my quick thinking. I, I think John Morant has is going to be a fantastic you know possible All Star point guard in two, three years down the line. I don't think that, you know, uh, he's ready for that yet. I think he's going to have a ton of turnovers and just, you know, be, uh, you know, n- not explosive from a DFS standpoint right off the bat. And I like him a lot. I really do. They brought Tyus Jones in to, to really, you know, give him uh, some, some break and, and, and help him, uh, you know, get into the flow of things. I think down the road as the season goes, maybe more so. The shooting guard position, who knows? Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, you know, De'Anthony Melton, Josh Jackson. I have no idea. the The conglomeration at, at small Ford of of Slowmo and Jay Crowder, Josh Jackson, Bruno Caboclo, Iguodala, who probably won't play for them. I think they'll move him on. You know, and then that takes me to the the big spots. Now, I get it. Triple J is very good, but he's unproven. I have not seen, you know, uh, long enough sample size for me to say, I'm going to commit my kind of DFS dollars to Jackson just yet. Uh, I need to see more. Brandon Clark, fantastic in summer league, MVP of the summer league. He was terrific. I think he'll work into the rotation but he's a rookie. It's going to take time. I don't know what his minutes are going to be right off the bat. And here's my concern on Joe Jovell. I agree with you. The guy is just an amazing fantasy points per minute guy. But there's two things that that concern me. Last year, the last third of the season or so, when he exploded, Triple J was out. So he had he had all of those minutes, all of those rebounds, everything his way. Plus, he was playing for a contract, which he signed an extended contract this year. So that concerns me a little bit. So I, I just don't have a good feel for anybody across the board as far as somebody that I'm going to count on early on on, on my team. So it's, I'm, it's awesome that, you know, we have two different looks at this team, but it'll be fun to see how it plays out.
1: Absolutely. And uh you know, I'm I'm just more or less fully anticipating, you know, Triple J to kind of play a little bit more on the outside this year. I know it's kind of, you know, cliche to talk about, you know, the summer league hype videos and what or summer training hype videos and all that, but he's been working yeah. very hard on his outside shot. Uh and you know, Joe Val, yes, he's out of he's out of that contract year hole where you know he's gonna play a little bit harder but He's also a guy that's finally getting the minutes that he's always wanted. So, you know, one has to imagine that he wants to hold on to him and show why he could. So, you know, I would maybe suggest if you're feeling that way, just target him against, you know, teams where you know they're playing big and he's going to have to play a lot. So uh I, I still fully into he's going to get his production in my opinion i think regardless especially playing with a young point guard like Morant, who's a very gifted passer they're going to definitely use a lot of pick and rolls with joe val but um hey we'll wait and see you know um i'll be uh i'll be on my memphis one night and maybe uh, hopefully it's the night of the contest it would be nice to rub it in your face if joe val just gets Whoa. me a nice win in it
0: we'll definitely be talking noise on that uh for sure but uh, i do love john Morant. though i mean his, the way he sees the floor and his explosiveness to the basket, man, is he fun to watch. He's going to be a, the the Grizz are going to love him. And I agree with you. One point I will give you is they aren't going to be, you know, everybody has to totally remove the Conley, uh, Gasol grindhouse days because they are a complete reset and they're going to play at a super high pace. So that does help. I just, I just have to see the parts and how they're going to fit better for me to feel comfortable. So we will go from there, my man. All right. Two, two squads left. Um, and, uh, the last interview we want to play and it's, and I think it's only appropriate is, uh, for our preseason, uh, is the new Orleans Pelicans and, uh, the tremendous and awesome. I think the, the newest, nicest guy, maybe he's, Going to ter- take over that uh, moniker from, from Dirk is Zion Williamson. And just, uh, you know, his ac- excitement for, for joining the Pelicans and what his uh, role is going to be uh, this season. And you're looking at this season,
1: and I played for Alvin Gentry. You watched him back in the past. Uh, they like to run. They like to get up and down. How much does Coach talk to me about the pace you guys will be having? Oh, Like you said, we like to run. He goes – if you guys want to jog, we'll be a jogging team. But we're not. Uh, we're gonna run, and I love that because when you run, it creates a lot of opportunities.
0: And you look at defense. You have some guys that can block shots. You have some guys that can switch. How good? And everybody's talking about you guys in fast break situations. But how good do you think you guys are gonna be in the defensive end? Even though you have some young
2: players. Uh, I think we're gonna be great. Um, you know, I feel like once we come into our own, uh, once everybody learns the system. Uh, I think we're going to be a great defensive team.
1: How excited are you for the first day of actually getting on this court and going at it in training camp? I'm excited. This this is what it's all about. Uh, What we do on the court. I'm I'm hyped about it.
0: There you go. I mean, you got to love Zion. I mean, the fact that that guy, you know, with the attention, the hype, all the stuff that's gone on, you know, and he stays humble. He stays, uh, you know, he's done a ton of stuff already in the, New Orleans community, I just, I love the guy. I just hope he crushes it, you know? He's such a good guy.
1: Yeah, and I mean, everyone's going to want to see him succeed. They don't want to put this unneeded pressure on him, but, you know, it's it's good pressure. It comes with being the number one overall pick, and you just got to trust your own talent when you get on the court when you're a player like him and just do do what got you there. Um, yes, you know, you want to be able to fit and mesh around this team where they brought in all these other pieces and everything else, but at the same time, uh, you're, you're their foundation, so... Uh, make them build around you in my opinion if I, if I'm Zion that's the approach I would take going into the NBA uh just kind of do what made you successful your entire career don't try to change your game whatsoever uh you know Ben Simmons didn't really do that we've seen him have plenty of success outside of you know obviously his three point shooting but he just doesn't shoot them at least he's not trying to do stuff that we know he can't do right um, so you know I am I'm, I'm kind of hoping for the same approach but there are going to be a few a few mouths to feed over there um you know bringing in a, you know a couple guys Lonzo Josh Hart Obviously, Drew Holiday's still there. They brought in Derek Favors, Brandon Ingram. So there's a lot of new faces that are going to be there with him. Um, and, and it's really just a wait and see approach. I'm probably not going to go near Zion for the first like week or two. Uh, I just expect him to be way too high owned in GPPs, and I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, his salary's probably going to be a little bit over inflated because of his just raw ability, and what he could do, and the hype and everything else that follows him. So I'll let other people kind of absorb that. While I'll go for the uh, much unsexier Derek Favors.
0: Derek favors. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what it's, I'm, I'm excited for new Orleans. I, I you know, and considering again, and, and we've talked about this at nauseum. I think throughout these preseason uh, shows, but I, I still can't believe that the Pelicans with a, a couple months left in the season last year with Davis sitting out and just complete obliteration of their, you know, of any respect that they had from anybody in the league. And they go from that to hiring David Griffin as the, as the new general manager, getting that first pick, pulling off that trade uh, where they were able to get all those great assets and, and just add a, a, a bunch of really, really good players. I mean, you know, I, I was so impressed with uh, Nikkel Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes and I in in the NBA Summer League, I thought they were two of the better rookies there. And you know, those are those were the two picks after Zion. So I mean, I, I'm really excited for them. You know, from a DFS standpoint, uh, this is gonna be one of those, you know, teams where you just have to pick the right guy on the right night because you know, Alvin Gentry plays up tempo. Uh, I'm not the biggest Alvin Gentry coaching fan. I think he's a great guy and everything, but I'm not sure he manages the game as well as some coaches. So I'm not sure how he's going to handle having like an 11 man rotation here. Cause I'll just gun this real quick. Alonzo ball, Nikel Alexander Walker, Frank Jackson, Brandon Ingram, drew holiday, JJ Reddick, Etuan Moore, who they say is in the rotation. Um, and Josh Hart, Zion Williamson, uh, Derek Favors, and Jackson Hayes, and Jaleel Okafor. That's 12. So those are guys that are all supposedly supposed to play. Uh, you know, how is that all going to wash out? I don't know. What it does is it scares me from a DFS standpoint, you know, and, and who's going to shine here. Uh, you know, I think Zion only also, you know, get obviously have some, some good games, but – there's, like you said, there's a lot of miles to feed. That's a perfect way to put it. And, you know, Drew Holiday is, is you know, everybody's saying he is the leader of this team. He's the veteran. It's sort of his team to, to lead and take the pressure off Zion and and get everybody going. But there's a ton of guys that can play here. I mean, we know Lonzo and Brandon Ingram could be terrific. Uh, you know, Favors, like you said, is a proven solid NBA player that you know is a double double on any given night. And you know, Reddick is going to get his threes up and have some some bigger games. You know, I don't know how you, you know, you don't get Alexander Walker in that rotation with his abilities. And you know, Frank Jackson is probably a rotational player as well. So I mean you've just got a lot of people there. I think it's it's going to have to come out in the wash because I know Gentry's style is generally to try to get down to about an eight-man rotation, and I think that he'll eventually get to that point. But I think it's going to take a little bit of of time to do that. You know, I I don't see how they send a Jackson Hayes or somebody like that down to the G League. He's just too talented. Um, But I don't know. You know, Josh Hart. I don't think I mentioned either. Kenrich Williams, who's supposed to get some minutes. So. You know, there's just a lot of confusion there on what that rotation is going to be. There is some talent, but it's going to be a gigantic wait and see for me uh, pretty much across the board.
1: Yeah, the only guys I'm really looking at, I think, early on in the season might be, uh, you know, I think Drew's going to be a little bit overpriced for what I'm looking to spend on him just because of what his price was yeah. at last year with all the usage he was absorbing over there. Um, Would basically just be Zion and, like I said, Derek Favors or uh, not Zion. I'm sorry, Lonzo and Derek Favors. I'm going to avoid Zion, but um, I think Lonzo just his ability to produce in multiple ways without even needing to score. um, You know, he's he doesn't need the usage necessarily. He's going to handle the ball a ton anyway. That's what he was brought in to do. So you know his role and his job is going to be secure. So his avenue is going to be secure, and so is Favors. I think so. Those are the two guys that have an eye on. I think uh, Alexander might be on the outside of the rotation. Um, for the beginning of the season, at least until until Maybe. they kind of establish it, but I, that's just kind of my thought. I mean, especially if they want Ethan Moore shooting six threes a game, like you said, that's a yeah. Bit, I don't know about that, but uh, I know that's crazy. That's uh, I think that's pretty much all I got right now for the Pelicans. Like you said, we're gonna have to wait and see a little bit more and just how this team meshes. Um, I mean, it's a completely different team from last year, literally. Uh, only only starter that's the same is gonna be Drew Holiday.
0: My little sleeper dude for them is Brandon Ingram. I think that kid is terrific. And, you know, they, they made – I read a, a medical uh, comment they made today that he's completely clear to that whole blood clot thing that, that gave him some trouble last year. And, you know, he's coming into camp. He put a little bit of weight on because he was – he's always been too thin and, and you know, he, he's looking better. And I think he's got – I mean, people forget he's like 6'10". I mean, what was he, the second pick overall?
1: Second pick overall, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, next to Ben Simmons. So I've never been a huge fan of his game, but if you take the expectations out of it of being the number two overall pick, I think he's still a very good player.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of potential there, no question about it. You know, obviously not a playoff team in my opinion uh, probably for a year or two, but you know, give give this time team some time to uh, mesh and grow, and they're they're going to be nasty. I uh, I still am in awe of that Jackson Hayes dunk. I know I've mentioned it on every show, but is the best in person dunk I've ever seen in the summer league when he jumped over that guy, spread eagle, basically. Uh, and Vince Carter was at the game watching. I know I mentioned that. For, but for <laughs> any of the listeners, it was it was awesome. If you Google it, uh, Jackson Hayes dunk summer league, it it, it blows your mind. But uh, all right, man, we are down to our last team, thirty for thirty. We've done it over a three week period in about four and a half hours of podcast explosion here, and we finish up with the San Antonio Spurs and. The guy on my bad list right now, Pop, because I'm still mad about his seventh place FIBA finish. But anyway, uh, San Antonio Spurs, I'll lead us off. Um, DeJounte Murray coming back is a big thing, and he's supposedly healthy and ready to roll. So I think you'll see he and Derek White uh, form a real formidable backcourt. I think they're going to be fun to watch uh, develop. Uh, you know, they got Patty Mills and Forbes and those guys coming off the bench, but I think Murray and white will be your main guys that on given nights, uh, you'll be able to use supposedly Murray has no restrictions, uh, after, uh, uh, you know, clearing all his medical stuff. So he's good to go. Um, you know, your, your main two guys are probably going to be the most usage guys on the team still though, are DeRozan and Aldridge and you know, those guys are going to get theirs for sure. I think uh, they certainly both on on certain nights had great games and on certain nights had terrible games. So they are definitely some boomer bust guys. Uh, You you really have to pick them in the right spot against the right matchup. Um, You know, and you you know how, uh, you know, Pop's going to play a million guys and rotate a million guys. So you know, it's it's always a danger there. Now, they're talking up Lonnie Walker a ton in, in these first few days of camp. I know he's had a great offseason. He's also medically cleared, and, and that kid's got some phenomenal potential. I think he'll be in their rotation, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he develops. You know, you got your grit and grind pop guys. You know, they brought Damari Carroll in, which is, you know, pop up kind of player uh, – perfectly. Rudy Gay's still there. They brought Trey Lyles in. Uh, Jakob Purtle is still there uh, at center and, you know, can put up some decent numbers at times. So again, you know, the Spurs are going to be the Spurs. Their pace is always going to be a little slower. They do have a little bit maybe more pep coming this year with Murray and White both in there pushing the ball. Um, you know, you got to take them to Rosen and, uh, Aldridge on specific nights, uh, depending on the matchups, but, you know, not, never really a big DFS target team, but, um, you know, uh, there, there are times where, where they're very usable in certain matchups and, uh, they did, uh, score more points per game last year than they had in the, in the uh, previous five. So, you know, if that trend continues, you know, there there's a possibility of of uh some usable guys.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's uh that's quite a way to end it now. I'm just I mean, it's the Spurs at the end of the day. We're not really targeting much with them, not targe- targeting much against them. They're never great at anything, they're never bad at anything. Um, you know, it's it's you know, DeRozan in the right matchups, Aldridge in the right matchups against poor rebounding teams and you know, I'm expecting, uh, you know, Murray isn't somebody really known for his offense. He's actually, which is one of the fantastic perimeter defender. So maybe that's something to keep in mind. Point guards facing him uh, might be something you might want to shy slightly away from, but I, I just think it's it's right where you said it. You're really just looking at two guys. Uh, you know, Derek White was a guy that we were able to juice the orange with a little bit last year, but with Murray back, that's really going to cut into things. And I'm not really touching anybody at the the other positions i'm i'm it's, it's cut and dry i think with the spurs it's always kind of cut and dry you know what you're doing with them pretty much do you know what you're gonna get and they'll probably win 50 games like they
0: do every year somehow <laughs> rather, whatever close to it but uh awesome man that's it that's all 30 teams so you know we we've touched on just about everybody uh hopefully it's been Uh, something usable for the listeners that they can start to apply uh, as we, we go live with these and then into the regular season. And, um, you know, we're just excited to build uh, a good listenership and, and uh, you know, couldn't be more excited, Mike, to be working with you now on a, on a daily fantasy uh, show. I know we've always uh, for the last year or whatever, we've known each other have talked about the potential of doing this. So, uh couldn't be more excited i think it's going to be a blast and uh you know it's it's going to be fun man
1: absolutely and you know again it's something that we we talked about we really wanted to do and you know i just want to thank everybody uh you know that we work with here over at hoopball that kind of supports us all everybody that listens and follows and writes here and you know just the guys out there on twitter who interact with us the guys that come into our forums you know the people that go out of their way and see the value in what we do. Purchase the premium package and, and come in here, rate it, review us, listen to us. It's part of everything. And you know, big yeah. shout out to the main man, Brew, up there, too. Uh, congratulations, I just wanted yes. to say. Yes. Congratulations, Brew. A Brew.
0: New baby, yeah, I know. Brand, a
1: brand new baby. Baby Brew is here. Um, so big shout out to him. He's a guy that, listen, I've known Brew for a few years. He absolutely grinds. That guy works harder than anybody I've ever met. Um, and the fact that going through this, preparing for a baby, putting out the, you know, the the B-150 and the grind he's been putting into everything here. He's a guy that, uh, I, you know, I wish nothing but the best for and he deserves it. So um, I agree. they they allow us to have this platform, man. And it is awesome. We get to do some pretty cool things that, you know, years ago, um, I think if you ask either one of us, if we'd be having our own daily podcast for DFS, we'd probably be like, yeah, it'd be a good idea. It'd be fun, but probably not.
0: Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's come around quick, but uh, we're ready and prepared. I mean, we've, we've strategized over this for quite a while. We know how we're going to approach it. You know, we're, we have a very, uh, you know, the content will be very consistent on a daily basis. You know, we're going to, uh, depending on the size of the slate will depend on the the time of the show, you know, for a couple games, slate will, you know, we'll be, 10-15 10, 15 minute show. If we have a 14 game slate or something, you know, we, we'll probably go an hour, but uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to let, you know, the slate depend on the, on the uh, you know, the, the length of the show, but you know, we'll stick with the same uh, procedure every day. We're, know we're going to do our intro, you know, we're going to talk about NBA news that that's on the forefront. Then we're going to dive into the games, go through them all, you know, really talk about every advantage, plus, minus, injury, everything that, you know, that, that's going on out there. And again, you'll have that, you know, early on so you can look at it all day. And then, we'll, you know, we're also uh, going to do a, a case study of the day before, uh, you know, look at our lineup study and see stuff that went well, stuff that didn't go as well, so that we can learn, all learn as a group each day from uh, those decisions the night before and then we're going to also have a, a, a recommendation for a, a high, mid, and lower priced guy where we're going to help you uh, build your lineups. Uh, you know, and we'll we'll go over pricing. You know, we we'll, we want you to you know, whatever site you're on, uh, you know, we want to help you with the pricing on all of those. We'll we'll be bouncing different prices around. We're obviously going to focus a lot on fantasy draft once they get go, going on the twenty second. With them being our presenting sponsor, but we'll be touching on, you know, Yahoo and and DraftKings and Fanduel, and make sure that you know wherever you're playing, that you know the information we're bringing forward is going to be a big help to you. So we're excited for that. You know, our motto from the beginning when we decided to do this show was success occurs when opportunity meets preparation, and I know it sounds cliche, but I'm going to say it, you know, at least once a week to remind everybody that. You know, if you want to make money at this, and you know it's fun and it's and it's great to do and it's a you know good hobby for some people, but you know it's a good money maker as well. And so, if you're going to enjoy this and do it and spend your time and hard-earned money at at trying to get a bankroll going, do it the right way. And and we're going to help you along every step of the way and and try to uh, bring out uh, you know the best. Uh, edges that you can get in in every aspect of the game so we're excited you know hit us up as much as you can on twitter at joe sarvati j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i at mike Apatria, m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a and we want to get involved with you on there with questions updates opinions and uh and that's it man any do you have anything else before we close out our last preseason
1: preview no i mean at at the end of the day the next time they hear our voices they're going to be winning money so uh you know tune in to tomorrow we're going to touch on that one game slate so um let's get started beautiful man
0: all right well thank you for joining us for this whole six last six weeks uh of shows and in preparation for the season Uh, It's been awesome having you here with Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Micah Patria, I'm Coach. We will catch you again on our next show tomorrow as we work together to crush it this season in NBA DFS.
2: Thanks.